Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. When you don't know just what to do. Just what to do, just what to do. If what you're feeling is really true. It's really true. Just keep your ideas safe and sound. Safe and sound, safe and sound. That's exactly how change is found. Change is found, change is found. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on PANJ Radio. So, um, any everyone out there that knows me knows that I'm the author of I'm Not an Addict, I'm Just an Ass. It's a book on addiction, but guys, it covers all addiction. It's not just about drugs or alcohol. You could, you know, every person out there, unfortunately, knows someone that either struggles with addiction or you, or you might struggle yourself. Food, sex, gambling, it doesn't matter. Okay, so no one is immune to it. I don't care how wealthy you are, how poor you are, no one's immune to it. And that's what's really sad. It's an epidemic. So I want to say a couple things about this book. Um, if you can't afford it, you get in touch with me. I'll be more than happy to send you one. If you can afford it, all proceeds go to help people, guys. Okay, I'm working with a few foundations right now that really need the help. So I'm hoping maybe you can order the book. Pay it forward. Okay. Today's show is going to be very, very empowering. I want to just tell everybody what's happening with me right now. I have two other radio networks that I'm involved with, HamiltonRadio.net. It's the Jerry Petito Show on Tuesday nights, 5 p.m., 5 to 6.30. You can catch me live on Facebook, guys. If you want to friend me, I'll accept your friend uh, request. Tell me that you saw me on PANJ Radio. I'm also with Beverly Nation Talk Show Radio. We're out of LA, and that show is every other Monday night at 10 p.m. And you can catch me next Monday night, okay? And we're live also. So I just wanted to let you know that that's going on. Um, I'm going to have my guest, my live guest, because we also have a call-in guest that will be calling in about 3.30. I want to have my guest introduce herself, and then I'm going to read the poem I wrote for her. Hi, everyone. My name is Antonia Montalvo, and I'm the founder of the Antonia Maria Foundation, also the executive director of Gracie's House, which is a woman's mm. spiritually-based recovery home out of North Brunswick, New Jersey. So um, once I read her poem, you're going to really get a little bit more of an idea of what she's all about. She's an amazing young woman, okay? So I titled it Antonia. Where do I begin? I don't know where to start. This lady's story is heavy, ending with a healed heart. As a child, she was loved, but then it took a turn. Her heart became heavy. It was healing, she yearned. She went through years of hell, a battle within. She's now standing tall, a new life to begin. Antonia Montava is this young lady's name. Empowering other addicts is now her claim to fame. Strong-willed and determined, a great mom and wife. A loyal friend as well, embracing her new life. A shamanic and Reiki practitioner embracing her inner core, dancing with the natives, leaves her wanting more. She's diversely cultured, 
We all should be. Stop wearing blinders. Lose them so you can see. You think outside the box and beat to your own drum. To me, there is no box. At my age, I just hum. But a leader you are, a follower you ain't. Help to lead others to lose their restraint. Social work, my friend, you were born to do. To love with compassion is why God made you. We all go through trials, but here's the reason why. For us to come out stronger, to hear someone else's cry. A great imagination and intuition, too, helps you to create from nature God gave you. A weight loss of 100 pounds is such an incredible feat. I'm sure you feel empowered right now. You can't be beat. You started a nonprofit and opened a woman's home. Antonia, God is smiling. One day in heaven you will roam. The thing we all have in common, what you and I do share, addiction's not a disease. We want the world to hear. Sweetheart, that, that poem I wrote for you. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. That was beautiful. Thank you. So you have your copy, your decorated copy mm -hmm. of it. Um, you know, let's start with that. Where you were and how you came to where you are today. Let's tell everybody out there about that because, you know, my shows will always bring light to everything, but they will also bring empowerment. We want to show people out there that you can overcome anything. So my guest here tonight is going to share some of this with us. Um, so I was basically, I was a hot mess. I was involved with the wrong people. I was using since I was 12 years old. It started with marijuana. Then it led to hanging out with really, you know, bad people, drug dealers, um, selling drugs, just being involved with, you know, a lot of bad criminal activity. Um, I was, I was sick. I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease, um, sarcoidosis. They thought I had lung cancer. I mean, I was in psych wards. I was on, uh, antidepressants, mood stabilizers. I was bipolar. I was borderline personality. I had depression. I had anxiety. I had PTSD. I mean, you name it. I was diagnosed it. I had it. I overdosed. Um, I was addicted heavily to pain medication and, and Xanax, any, any pills I can, I can get a hold on. Um, I grew up with no self image, uh, low self esteem. Uh, my father was, was an addict. Um, my mom was, did the best she could. She, she, um, you know, it was this old fashioned Italian lady that thought that just taking care of her home was, was just what life was all about. Um, but I really, really had, had a, had a really bad, um, uh, mix with, with drugs. I mean, I was in four treatment centers. I was in two, um, I was in two sober livings. I almost got my son taken away. Dyphus was involved. Um, I was physically abused. I was sexually abused. Um, you know, I, I just, I went through, through a lot. Um, I've, I was pronounced dead. Oh I've, uh, been cut out of cars. Um, I went through a lot. I had trauma every single day, basically living at home, like with my dad, who was an active addict and also who was someone who was not trustworthy, not someone that I can call upon as, as a support system. I mean, he, was constantly cheating on my mom. He was constantly out. Um, he went through his, his spurts of alcoholism. He was very controlling when it came to money. He was around the wrong people. He had, you know, video cameras in our home. He was following us. He was tape recording us. He had bodyguards, you know, sleeping in the house. He slept with two bullets next to his head constantly. 
he went crazy where he said people were going to kill him. And it was a constant, constant, constant living in trauma every single day, being afraid, um, not knowing uh, who I was, um, a lot of idolizing of like, you know, false, false stuff. Um, and I was just in such a bad place, a place of despair. I didn't know who I was. And I keep saying that I had no definition of life. I had no meaning. I had no concept of God. I had no concept of spirit. Everything was just image and what I thought life was supposed to be about. So recovery is possible. Um, I, I can't, I can't elaborate how much of a mess I was also too with food. I mean, I just lost almost hundred pounds, like 98 pounds. Um, I couldn't stop filling the hole. Like I was so empty. My inner child was screaming, screaming, screaming for help. Um, so I've, I've been there for sure. So I just want to say something before I ask you some questions. I just want to say mm. something to everybody who's listening. I, you know, Antonia is not just this woman that overcame addiction. Did you hear what she just said, her story? So she was also diagnosed with everything possible. Hmm. People struggle with depression, anxiety, right, bipolar, all that. And they think there's no way out. They think that all the meds are the answers, but the meds make it worse at times. And I'm not telling anyone at this point, go off meds. But what I am telling you is doing the right things, taking the right steps, it's possible. Not to just throw your meds away, but it is possible to completely change your life. There's hope and help out there for everyone. If you reach me on Facebook, I can help you guys. Antonia would be more than happy to help you. But here's what I want to ask you. So what was your aha moment? There had to be something. You were going through all this turmoil, right? You, you were on all these meds. You had all these issues. You were obese, abused by your own father. What was your aha moment that made you wake up and say, I need to do something? Well, I had overdosed. I had diapers coming to my house. Nobody wanted to talk to me. All the doors were closed. My own therapist was like, I've had it with you. And that's when I was like, you know what? Like, I'll do whatever it takes. How old were you at that point? Um, 33. Did you have any children? Yes. Okay. Talk I had a that. son, Luciano. Um, he was three years old at the time. No, two years old because um, he's five now. And that really woke me up. Like the, the thought of losing my child and just having my son relive everything I lived through was just that defining moment of my life where it was like, oh crap, like I have to do something about my, about this. And I remember getting on the plane high as a kite in such a, such a panic, like in such a scared state, but I did it. I flew all the way to California. I was like, whatever. I got to detox. They offered me detox drugs and I was like, I don't want it. I, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want the Suboxone. I don't want the whatever. Whatever pills I'm on now, I'll continue because I don't want to seizure or die. But as of all the other stuff, like I'm done. So I went into detox and I didn't take any of the detox meds. Um, I just but, took my... But I have mm -hmm. a question. Yeah. What made you in that frame of mind that you were in realize you were done and my didn't want Okay. My soul, my soul had it. Okay. My soul was screaming. It was that scream. I just, I, I heard that inner scream. It was okay. just, it was so loud. Okay. Yeah. It was an inner calling and an inner scream and it was, I was done. And then when I went into treatment, there was this beautiful woman there that was a shaman and she taught me how to listen to the whisper of my soul. And then, and then is when I started to transform my whole life. Like, 
And I started to go against the grain of everything that everybody ever told me. You have to take medication. You're going to be this. I was just like, I was done. I was done. I didn't want to be sick anymore. I didn't want to be a patient anymore. I didn't want to be a victim anymore. I didn't want that anymore. It didn't feel right. It just didn't for me anymore. Well, deep down, do you ever think it really mm-hmm. did feel right? No. No. But this was just a cry. Yeah. This was a scream. But even the labels for me, Jerry, didn't feel right. Okay, tell being, me about the labels. Being labeled bipolar, being labeled, you know, a, an addict, which I, I, I honor the addict, right? But as an observer of it, it's just in my human form is what I need to do in order to understand myself. But it just never felt right. The pills, the diagnoses. They're just sitting around in group all day and blah, 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 blah. It just, I started feeling sick. It, it, and I'm not saying it doesn't work for everybody, but I've been doing this since I'm 12 years old. So it was at a threshold for me. My pain threshold was just at its limit. And I needed to try something new. And I remember I failed so many times at recovery. And I remember going in treatment and saying, I need spirituality. I will not make it without spirituality. Every single time. I went in for help. I never had spirituality. It was always trying to logically conceptualize what the DSM said or what the therapist said or what the 12 steps said, but I never had spirituality. So I want to talk a little bit about that, guys, okay? So my book, I do not believe it's a disease. I'll explain. I believe it's a dis-ease of Mm -hmm. the brain while you're using. That's the truth. But I do not believe you're powerless, not over addiction, not over anything. That's what they're teaching you in the rooms, and that's why I have a problem with it. Because on one hand, they're telling the family that your child has a disease. On the other hand, they're telling the family, let that child hit rock bottom. Kick them out. Don't give them food. Don't give them money. If your child truly had a disease, you wouldn't be kicking them out of the house. You would be getting them help. So to me... Once you've already contradicted something, there's a problem right there. Things have to make sense to me. That does not make sense to me. The other thing is this. If you tell an addict who's not in a, a, a mentally good state at the time that you, you're, you have a disease, you'll be an addict forever, and you're powerless, they now become completely powerless and they become an addict forever. So where's the hope for them? There is none. The other thing is this. It's like a 7% rate of people that get better that go into these programs. They're doing something wrong. They're doing something wrong. So I am here to help any addict out there. Antonia is here to help any addict out there. And we can give you some different avenues, right? Some different advice. Change the way you're thinking. Put healthy thoughts into your mind, right? Let's recreate our thoughts, our misdorted thinking. Let's get rid of it. You are not powerless, not even this much, okay? You have all the power in the world to do whatever it is. It's your choice. Choose wisely. So the other thing is nutrition. Let's talk a little bit about that. The brain cannot distinguish the difference between sugar and opiates being put in your body. That's a fact, So that's why the majority of addicts, if not 100%, close to 100% of addicts are all addicted to sugar because their body still needs the dope. It still needs the drug and the sugar provides that. So if you could really change your your lifestyle, um, you don't ever have to be an addict again. 
Okay, so I really want people out there who are really serious about possibly helping someone they know or maybe themselves. There's definitely hope thinking outside of the so-called box. Okay, guys? So, um, Antonia, when you were 12 years old, you know, people that don't really get it want to know how did a 12-year-old get drugs? How did your mom not know? Let's talk about that because there are a lot of parents out there right now that their child might be using and they don't know. Let's tell them. So usually when you're that young, it, 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 it stems from someone close to you in the family. So it was someone close to me in the family who was getting high, um, right. who would use me as like a way to like go out and then would drop me off on street corners of New Brunswick and ask random drug dealers to babysit me and, um, would go get high and then come back and pick me up. So it was almost like I was being used as like a decoy. And that's where I learned how to kind of like, I speak fluent Spanish, which I'm Italian, because I had to adapt. I had to shape shift into my environment. I started to like, you know, I was left there. So I'm, I, I still wanted to see the good of the people that I was hanging out with. So I be, befriended them. You know, I did the best I could. Like I literally would just be left in the projects of New Brunswick when it was there on French Street, Seaman Street, which is random people old. at 12 years old. I was raped there. I was physically abused. I mean, and that's when it all really, really took a turn for me. Um, and then I guess, you know, then my parents finally, you know, interjected and then it was like just to be quiet, like it never happened. And that's when I just kind of, I just, something in me shifted. Sure. I shut down and I went into a space of real, real deep darkness for the next, you know, 20 years. Um, I was told to be quiet. It never existed. It didn't happen. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, and you're right. It does start with a family member because mm -hmm. I started smoking pot at 12 years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it was cousins. Yep, me too. To First them. time I drank, cousins, yeah, cousins, and they laughed. Yeah. Oh, you'll never do that again. You've just mm -hmm. got wasted, and you know it's it's we really have to. Just because people are family doesn't mean That's that right. we need to hang out with them or allow our kids around them. You know, we really have to protect our seeds and our homes and really protect yep. our families. So now let's talk about moving forward. So, mm -hmm. how long have you been completely clean and sober? Three years, July eighth. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, mm -hmm. you don't consider yourself an addict. Um, I I I embody the word because I I use it for for service and okay. stuff. I honor it, um, but I'm more than that. You're more than that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So mm -hmm. let's talk about what you've now done with this foundation because I really want to talk about that because not many addicts, only being three years mm -hmm. clean and sober can honestly say, because I couldn't back then. Okay, she's she's my daughter's age, and I look at her, and I said this to you. Um, she's been on both of my other shows. I can't get enough of you. Thank you. And I said this to her personally. I said, when I was your age, when I was, in, when I was three years clean and sober, I could never have done what you're doing now. Yeah. So I, I'm in awe of you. So let's talk about that. Three years clean and sober. How long have you had... Uh, your project going on. Let's two talk years. About it. So you mm -hmm. were only a year clean. Mm -hmm. So tell six us. months it started. So, so tell us by working with these shamans and these, um, you know, I did EFT, emotional freedom technique, and by doing all that stuff, like basically it was really simple. It was getting away from Western medicine, and it was sitting in meditation and prayer and just receiving. 
and receiving and receiving, staying away from people, places and things. And it was, I, I just started to journey. I started to journey into my heart and my soul. My soul was craving to be heard. Um, and in that I healed instantly. It's miraculous. God instantly heals you the moment you surrender yourself. So I truly surrendered to God and to the Lord. I mean, I love Jesus. Jesus is my, my number one, um, protector guide. And I would sit with him. And instead of constantly asking for stuff, I, I received, you know, we have a way in society where we're constantly asking, asking, but we're not receiving. And it's in the receiving where we'll know exactly what to do to help a person because God works through us. Um, so I just did that. I completely dissociated myself from everything. I looked at it instead of looking at it as like, oh, I have dissociation and I have trauma. I looked at it as like I'm retrieving my soul. And it's simple. I just have to go to God and it's free. So, okay, that's beautiful. All right, so the key word here is complete surrender. Complete surrender. Because you can't surrender halfway. Mm -mm. Because what happens then, guys, is this. We surrender, but then we take it back. Then we surrender, we take it back. We mm -hmm. surrender, we take it back. I tell people this, and I'm a Christian as well, but I tell everyone out there that even if you don't believe in God or Jesus, right? Even if you don't believe, believe in something. Mm -hmm. Because if I had to go through life thinking I was it, I'm what all I have to rely on, what's the point? That's a lonely, lonely okay. place to live in. That's, That's right. I was there. Like nobody can help me. I'm the only one that knows that, that, that you're, you're, we're are completely like something's so much greater. Our ego just wants to crush us. Our ego wants to crush us. Mm -hmm. Perfectly said. It and does. that's the truth, though. So whatever you want to call it, like you can call it the shadows. You can call it the darkness. Spirits. You can call it spirits. You can call it, you know, the darkness. You can call it the evil spirits. You can call it the devil. Whatever you want, it's, it's inside of us. Like we have our Christ self, our Christ consciousness, and our devil self or ego or shadow or light, whatever, whatever, however you interpret it. That's the thing about life is interpretation comes through your heart. We need to define ourselves. We need to become one with God, the nature, whatever it is that you believe in, but you need to create your own self-definition. You know, I tell people all the time, I kid around about this because yeah. I'm a Pisces and I tell everyone that I'm the good fish and the bad fish swimming yeah. in opposite directions. That's the truth. It's all of us. You know, there's not one person puppeting. There's not no. one devil puppeting. It's in us. We're manifesting all this stuff. When we don't clear ourselves and when we don't see the bigger picture of what's going on, people with addiction have ancestral karma. It's beyond just a disease. It's, it's being passed on from generation to generation. It's darkness, the devil, the shadows, whatever you want to call it, mental illness. It's, it's spiritual stuff. And the thing it's about it's so much more than mental. It's so much more than that. You know, no one, you know, no one's immune though. No. You know, and I don't believe, I'm sorry, but I really don't believe that there's a person out there that doesn't struggle with some sort of an addiction. Even if it's your job, if you're if you're engulfed in your job 24/7 and that's all you do and think about, that's an addiction. Anything you do to reach outside yourself That's is right. an addiction. Right. It could be anything. It can be lashing out in anger. It could be projecting blame onto somebody else. 
Anything that you do to reach outside yourself is an addiction. That's it. It's a self-centeredness disease. Everything's about me, 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 I, I, I. So if you're that person today, even if you're not using substances, you're, you're, you have addiction. That's right. You don't have to use substances to be, there you go. You know, a need recovery. It's just anybody that everything is I, the I is the personality. It's how we identify ourselves through the ego, through the self. That's it. It's selfishness. So we have a guest that's going to be calling in in about five minutes. And I want to just tell you a little bit about um, her vision because I think this is really cool. And myself and Antonia are probably going to get on board with this and work with her. Um, Her name is Tiana Speaks and she'll talk and tell you, but I don't believe she's ever struggled with addiction. Um, she knows it. I mean, like I said, we all have people in our lives, friends, family members that have struggled. So she knows it, but she's never struggled. She wants to do something about the stigma of addiction. She wants people to really understand what others think and see with addicts. And I think that's going to be really great. And, and for awareness as well, because Antonia, listen, even us as addicts, we judge. Okay. So, <laughs> which I want to express something. I just had something close okay. to home hit me very close to home. Speak to the camera. And the first thing it's like, all I'm looking at is the person's behaviors instead of seeing like he's suffering, like automatically I'm like, Oh, he did this. He did this. What a piece of S H I T, you know, instead of being like, wow, like I've been here. I know what this is. Like, this is not about a a, a person who's hurting is hurting themselves. You know, um, it's like this beautiful woman says, Terry Burns, I'll hurt you. You hurt me. I'll hurt me some more. That's what it is. And it's, uh, you know, you know, I, I had guests here. They, they've done a documentary called hurt people, hurt people. Yes. And, uh, Antonia heal people, said, heal, heal people. people, heal people. And we're going to be working with them. We're mm-hmm. going to be doing something with them. So, you know, imagine now an addict judging yes. an addict's behavior. Yes. Imagine what people who consider themselves non-addicts. It happens all the time all in the, time. the house. Everybody is taking everybody's inventory. Why didn't this person do this? Why? Oh, they didn't get to a meeting because maybe they're too depressed. They can't get up. Like you have all these years. Why are you? We have to remember where we came from. That's the humility piece, you know, and we have to have patience, but we do it like a lot. I know I just did it. And I thank God for you because Jerry snapped me out of it in the car. She's like, come on, Antonia, that's not you. But here's the difference. You got to remember something. Mm-hmm. I just want to say something amazing about myself here, and it's because of God. Yeah. On the 27th of July, I celebrated 27 years mm. clean and sober. Amazing. 27 on the 27th, guys. Okay. I, I couldn't have done it without God. All right. But now you've been three years clean and sober. In three years of my sobriety, I never accomplished what you have. Thank but you. But now I'm 27 years, so it's easier for me to say to you, come yeah. on, girlfriend, yeah. okay, with something this minor. Yeah. You know, but the guest that's going to be calling in, Tiana, feel free to call in now, sweetheart, if you want. Um, we're, she's going to have some great questions for us. I have a list of them, and we're going to talk about her questions because even addicts judge other addicts, which to me is horrendous, right? But it happens. It Imagine happens. people who consider themselves a non-addict, how they view addicts. Unbelievable. Yep. Okay. It is. So, and I think that's, what's causing the disease to grow louder. Cause it's like, yes. you got it, but he, oh, he's not going to get it or, you know, and, and, and it, we manifest this stuff energetically. 
Really do. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. So, um, you know, my daughter said it's something. She gave me an amazing, amazing compliment. It was a couple years ago, uh, and I reminded her of this. Um, we were in a supermarket, and the teller was not very nice. And we walked out, and my daughter grabbed my arm in the parking lot, and she said, Mom, if there's one thing I wish I did have from you, it's when people are not nice, you're even nice, you're twice nice back to them. <laughs> you yeah. know? And I said... And my favorite phrase is, hurt people, hurt people. And I said, Tiffany, hurt people, hurt people. I said, she said, you even told her to smile. She has a beautiful smile. I said, and what did she do? She smiled. She needed to smile. So these people, when they act out, guys, and they're not that nice to you in public or whatever, you don't know what just happened. Mm -mm. You don't know what happened to them the night before. You don't know what happened to them that day. No one knows their pain. So when I see people acting out, I try to be nicer back because they probably need it more than anyone else. And then just think about it. Someone hurts you and then we go into the self-centeredness. But me, 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 it's you hurt me, 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 me. So that's that's the exact same thing. That's that's the mirror. So even the, the addicts in our life are mirroring who we are. They right. might be using substances, but they're still mirroring who we are. I want to touch base on what you just said. Me, me, me. Guess what? It's not about you. It's not about me. No. And when people do things to hurt others, it's so not about that person. Mm -mm. It's about the person doing Your call is, is here. Okay. Tiana, hello? Yes, hi. hi. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. So why don't you take a minute and tell everyone about Tiana? Okay, so I am a person that um, I love to help other people. So I want to take my last breath on this earth, having affected millions of lives. You know how uh, 70s and 80s music is still, you know, in today? That is how I want to be, you know, my name to be when I die. So my, my dream is to have an organization of my own for the homeless as well. Um, as help people, you know, with addictions, and also um, I would like to also help people who suffer from invisible illnesses like fibromyalgia, um, as, um, as uh, fibromyalgia, like I do. I've been in pain for um, 16 years every day, and I realize even though some things I'm limited physically, I'm not limited mentally. So if I can use my mind to conquer the things that, um, you know, and make a difference in this world, that's what I'm going to do. How beautiful and I just want is that? To, um, encourage and inspire other people, even if it's one person, because it's going to be a domino effect. That's mm -hmm. right. That's right. The ripple effect. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I, listen, I can't wait to meet you. I'm meeting you tomorrow on Hamilton yeah. radio. Okay. Um, I can't wait. If everybody wants to watch that show, it's going to be 5 PM. It's going to be, it'll be on my wall, but that show will be called teens with dreams, but town is going to be there live. Okay. I'm hosting for Marco panting. Who's away me and Ava. Um, what you're doing, of course, to me, I think is beautiful and unbelievable. So, and, uh, I want to introduce you right now so say antonio say hello hi how are you hi antonio hi. how are you good and <laughs> nice three, to meet you i look forward to meeting you yes later. definitely the three of us uh <laughs> definitely want to talk about this project okay yes. so i'm gonna have you ask some of your questions but 
I want you, I want to talk about one question in particular that you wrote first and then you can ask whatever you want. Okay. Okay. On your sheet, number 18, what do you think the number one reason is that people start using? So this is her question to us. So you tell what you think and then I'm going to tell what I think. What I believe, you know, well, first I want to say that um, I've never used any drugs, so I do not, um, you know, I don't have any experience, you know, when it comes to the things that people deal with. But what I do believe from the outside looking in, um, I believe it has a lot to do with hurt and pain and um, needing to alter uh, the reality because, it's, it's really painful mentally, possibly even physically. You know, some people have um, ailments, you know, like me, for instance, um, you know, me being in pain. I don't, I don't take any pain medicine because I'm afraid of, of that issue. And that's one of the biggest reasons. But I do believe it comes from um, hurt and pain. Okay. What do you think, Antonia? It definitely comes from, from hurt and pain. Um, a lot of us who've gone, who are in recovery, never had that, that healthy foundations either. Um, at all. Um, it's very rare where you'll see someone say, yeah, my mom and dad were like the greatest people. That's like a very rare thing. Um, I also believe that it's, it's God's plan. It was, it was part of my purpose. I was so young to even know that I was making the right decision or not. Um, I felt like at that time I was trying to protect my family member and in my heart, I was doing the right thing, not knowing the difference. So I think it's a mixture of everything, the hurt, the pain, um, the, the having to dissociate, the not having a solid foundation. I mean, we really need to, our, if our kids are not raised in solid foundations, they're just going to go okay. off to the races. But I, I feel like it was God's plan for me. It was my purpose. So I'm going to add to that. I agree with both of you young ladies. I agree mm-hmm. with everything both of you said. Absolutely. There's some more to it, though. There's some more to it because... You're going to find out that today, more than ever, movie stars, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super rich people, political mm-hmm. people, powerful people, famous people, they do it as well. Okay? Um, you will find some people that say they had great parents, because I'm one of them. All right? But outside influences occurred, mm-hmm. okay, that made things happen. Um, sometimes the child is just incredibly curious as well. Okay. And if, if they have a friend or a family member who's a little bit older and says, Oh, if you're so curious, let's do this. There's so many factors out there, Tiana, so many factors, but what you guys touch base on, of course, is absolutely true. There's like no specific plugin. It could be so many different circumstances. So I try to keep it simple. Anything that I, I feel like Honestly, I'm being honest, everybody is a, is an addict. Yep. I mean, anything when you're when you're in separation from the universe or from God, you're you're in addiction. Period. Yep, and I agree. Anything right. that creates separation from yourself and your creator and anything that you do to like feel better, like use to feel better, it could be a man, it could be a woman, it could be friends, food, food, whatever it is, uh, you know, uh, magazines, right. images, celebrities right. watching, you know, uh, Ninth right. Day Fiance, Love and Hip Hop, whatever it is. Anything that you need right. to do to grab outside yourself and, right. and, and when you feel separate from the universe is, is addiction. And I try to keep it simple because in the United States or in the world, we like to separate things and compartmentalize us. That's the ego. 
it's really just one disease that we all suffer from. There you go. And that's wanting to go back home because after this, our body sheds. Where are we going? To think that there's nothing bigger or greater than here is the actual disease, you know? Okay. So what else? To me. I agree with you. So, Tiana, what else would you like to ask? So, I'm sure that you have a lot of listeners who are in their teenage years. I want to know, what could you tell them um, if they are currently facing addiction or um, are thinking Mm -hmm. about um, experimenting with Mm -hmm. any type of drugs and how to actually, um, how to deal with the peer pressure? Mm. Would you like to speak? Yeah, I mean, I I think, I mean, I think for me, it was just really honestly, like just not like saying no and really reaching out. I mean, I remember in school, I had a lot of support systems. There are teachers out there that will support you. There are healthy organizations or stuff to do. I mean, I, I would just really start YouTubing videos of people that are on drugs. I mean, do your research. Even as a kid, we have social media. It's so powerful. You know? I, I agree 100% with you. Here's the thing, Tiana. This is how I feel about it. Back Ooh. then, when I was growing up, it was very different. We didn't have social media. Mm-hmm. That could be good and it could be bad, right? We didn't have the information. We didn't have the help people can have today. So I would give you an answer based on my childhood, mm-hmm. which is completely different than what it's like today. So for kids today... Um, okay, so it's 50% here and 50% here is what I see. 50% here is the social media could help them. It could hurt. The 50% here, the social media, social, um, it could hurt them. Media could hurt them. So I'm not really one to ask this question to because of my age. Um, I'm not sure how to get into their heads today. I'm not really quite sure. I think we need to get out of this mentality of like being a rat. And like, I think if I, and I I come from that type of mentality. And I think that if I was a teenager and I can go back, like I would have definitely like, like I would have definitely told somebody what I was going through. Mm -hmm. So if I can not be afraid and really share with like a, like a school counselor um, or a police officer or someone and really, you know, ask for help. So if the child today is thinking about using, but doesn't really want to, but feels peer pressure. Yeah, I would ask for help. Ask for help, sweetheart. That's what, that's, that's okay. my thing. And I wouldn't be scared of image or embarrassment right. or shame. And I would, you know, do that self-care, that self-love that I should have given myself as a kid and, and, and went and asked for help and reached out. Okay. That's what I would, yep. would tell. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I hope that I hope that um really resonates with someone out there. Right. Um, my next question is: um, Is there any amount of time where a person in recovery feels safe from relapse? The one thing that I've noticed, you know, like I said, I don't have experience, but I see things like you know, um, reality television or even um, movies and things where um, the sobriety, you know, is very important. Where you know they like two weeks or one year or whatever, is there any amount of time where a person is not scared to relapse? For instance, with you in 27 Oh, okay, so wait, I'm going to answer that first, okay? So everybody's different, Mm -hmm. but here's the thing. If, If someone goes into recovery believing that they're powerless, 
believing that they have relapse. a disease and believing that they're an addict forever, they will absolutely relapse. They cannot not relapse. 7%, I said that before, 7% get help in these rooms. So that's the problem, the mentality of what they're being taught. So they're being taught they're powerless. They're being taught they have a disease. They will absolutely relapse. Some never feel safe. I Someone got in touch with me, and this is the God's Honest Truth on Facebook, and said, oh, I think we have a lot in common. A man. I think we have a lot in common. We should have dinner together. I said, what do we have in common? Oh, well, we're both in a program. I have. I go to five meetings a day, he said. I laughed. I said, sweetheart, we have nothing in common. I don't go to meetings. And I'm not telling you not to go to meetings, people, but I'm telling you if you have to go to five meetings a day, you're not clean and sober. You, you know, it's an expression I'll use, like a dry drunk. You're not happy with life. I can help you become happy with life. So, Tiana, to answer your question with that, if they go through the program and they believe they are powerless and they believe they will be an addict forever, they will absolutely relapse and they will never feel safe. What do you think, Antonia? Um, I, I, I don't, I, I'd like, she's like you said, each person is individual. Um, I don't have fear of, of relapsing anymore. I have humility not to use again. Like I don't want to use again. Um, I think about, you know, my son or I look in my husband's eyes or I see my mom or even myself and I just don't want to do it. Um, it, it, it happened for me instantly. It was just something that I was, I was ready to do. I also as well didn't do meetings or 12 steps for, um, the, the first three years. I am now involved in a, in a program, um, out of curiosity. And also I could, I could understand it better now, but at that time I couldn't hear that. That was just putting too much fear in me. Yep. Um, it was making me scared. Everything that I did was a trigger, a trigger, a trigger, a trigger, a trigger. Um, if I did this, I was going to relapse. If I did that, I was going to relapse. Like, And I, I couldn't – I needed people that were going to straightly, directly connect me to God and not give me any opinion or advice or validation or um, – so I think it's all it's all individual and it's really all perception. I don't have that fear to use. I have the humility. I've never had the fear. Use. Never. Yeah. Well, I was I did the uh, when I came out of the rehab, I stayed there the full thirty days. This is mm-hmm. twenty seven years ago. I went to Princeton House. The full thirty days I came out, I did exactly what they said, go to meetings every day. I did for thirty days. Got a sponsor. I wanted to shoot myself. I said, Here I am, I want to change my life, I want to stay clean and sober. I'm talking about doing drugs every day. I'm Jerry, I'm powerless, I'm an addict. No way. And you know, everything that we feed our minds is so powerful. Mind over matter, that's in my book. Okay, so our minds are so powerful. If you feel you're worthless, right. guess what, sweetheart? You're worthless. If you feel you have worth, Guess what? You have worth. Yeah, we got to change the conversations. I mean, by constantly yes. spilling out like what you did, what you didn't do, what you did 20 years ago, Terrible. like it doesn't get better. Like no. you have to like use, like you say you use, you're like you messed up, like the past is the past and we got to keep moving right. forward. We can't just keep ruminating in it. Right. You know, I mean, we don't, we don't grow that way. That's right. Spiritually, that's not the way we grow. No. It's, it's really the virtue of forgiveness means that right. you forgive, you move on and you don't talk about it anymore because right. you forgave. That's right. So, so forgive yourself and don't talk about it anymore no. and now be the and new just person keep it you moving. are. Think about it. Like in a relationship, you know? someone did something and you keep sitting around in a circle and talking about what the person did over and over. Would that person get right. better? No. Right. So there you go. Right. Next. <laughs> So, 
Now, this kind of, I guess, um, you know, coincides with the uh, what you're talking about, but are there um, still feelings of guilt after recovery from the things that uh, people may have done in order to get high, you know? Okay, um, I have to read something now. The relationships yeah. that have been broken or things that have been done. You okay, know? I'm going to read a poem out of my book, and there's okay. one part I really want you to listen to, okay? Okay. So, change your choice. I had a life-changing moment that I knew had to be. The only way to change things was to first start with me. So I looked in the mirror and woke up one day and thought to myself I needed to pray. So I asked God to change me, to help me stay strong, to clean up my mess, to right what's been wrong. I cleaned up my diet. I cleaned up my room. I cleaned up all habits with this old dirty broom. I kept going forward and never looked back. I refused to derail, stayed on the right track. I realized my worth and all that did matter through my selfish behavior, the lives I had shattered. I finally decided at 30 years old to stop abusing my body, my mind, heart, and soul. Now, listen to this next phrase. This is powerful, okay? My life-changing choice that I had once made over 27 years now, my debt has been paid. So, that, I'm going to finish reading this, but that just answered what you asked. My debt has been paid. Okay, no more guilt. So you read all my thoughts on how to stay clean. It's all or nothing, my friend. There's no in-between. To live or to die is a choice you must make. Your life is not worthless and you're not a mistake. One day at a time is the slogan you've heard. It works if you work it while applying his word. For you to get healthy, for your mind not to fail, escaping reality will keep you in jail. With addictive behavior, sex, drugs, food, or money, substituting addictions, now isn't that funny? I'm not an addict. This too shall pass. I'm not an addict. I'm just an ass. So my debt has been paid. There is zero guilt left. Once, let me, let me ask you something. Think about this. So wait, let me back up a minute. That's a big part of the problem with these rooms because they teach you to constantly, constantly relive your past. So how could you ever not feel guilt? You feel guilt forever because they won't allow you to forget what you did in your past. So once I've changed my entire life, why do I have to relive the past? I'm a new person. My debt's been paid. But if you don't change your life and you're just staying sober, and you're going to the meetings, and you're doing what they're telling you, and you're reliving your past over and over and over again, and you're not making amends, and you, you know, you're making it completely selfish, then that's where the guilt lies. I have no guilt. What about you? And I think the guilt comes from the amount of effort you put in. If I know that I'm putting 100% effort in, I have no guilt, and the debt gets, gets cut down shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. That's right. You know, um, we, I have to, when I first got sober and I still have to, right? Because my mind constantly wants to reach out for something. I have to constantly redirect, reprogram on a day-to-day -day basis. And I feel guilty when I'm not doing that, when I'm not putting in the effort and when I'm not giving my all and when I'm not listening to my soul. And I look at it as like, okay, that's just a sign from God. Instead of something bad, I just look at it now like, okay, God's saying, Antonia, you need to recenter yourself. You need to come back home. Okay. You know, Beautiful. but I don't have guilt for using anymore. No. What, what I have guilt is when I start like, def like getting out of my truth when I'm not in my truth, Okay. you know, because okay. I still am so new and sometimes like a lot of opinions and stuff come around me and I'm trying to 
figure it out. And when I'm not in my truth is when I get the guilt. But I don't have guilt for using anymore, no. Beautiful. Right. Okay. I like this. Okay. I like this question and answer yeah. panel. <laughs> I'll do it anytime you want. There you go, sweetheart. There you go. Um, So you mentioned something about uh, jail time in your poem. Okay. So I have a sort of a two-part question. Okay. Um, A lot of people are serving jail time because of drug use. Okay. I want to know what your opinion is on this. And then I would like to know what type of laws do you think should be implemented in order to allow these people to receive help instead of being punished. Okay. We might have um, room for one more question after this, I'm hoping. So I'm going to answer okay. this. Okay. Okay, so people out there are pro- some people out there are probably not going to like my answer. But I think okay. all drugs should be legalized, and I'll tell you why. Not to make drug addiction more, to lessen it. In a lot of countries that, Italy. that, are, yeah. that they're legal, mm-hmm. their drug use is yeah. half of what we are. I think it should be legalized. Number Now, if mm-hmm. you committed a crime because of drug use where you murdered someone or hurt someone, yes, you need to be doing jail time. But if you were caught using drugs in your own home, whatever, no, you should not be in jail for that. Let's worry, let's worry about what really needs to be going on in jail, not that, okay? We should be offering hope and help to these people. Robbinsville Township, I'm going to say this, I'm going to become one, I'm, I'm part of this now and I'm very proud of this and I'm from Robbinsville it's uh, it's called care c.a.r.e and this is why community awareness and this is why when they arrest someone in Robbinsville for drug they ask you immediately at that moment do you want help if you say yes they get you help immediately they don't just drop you off they'll get you help They'll get you into a rehab. They'll get you into a halfway house. They'll get you a job. They'll get you into a home. They will stay by your side for years if needed if you're truly trying to help yourself. Now, how beautiful is that? So that's how I feel about it. And to elaborate on that, like in Italy, they have wine at the table from little kids. That's right. I grew up on it. And yeah, and there's not that much alcoholism going on there at all because, you know, it's like... When, when we're told we can't do something, we can't do something, we can't do something, automatically we want to do it. That's right. It's just, it's, just, it's yeah. defiance. It's defiance. My grandparents, my dad was from Italy, so they all mm-hmm. ended up coming over here. And I'm going to say on the boat, my dad was the first one. He was 13 or 14. An uncle met him. He came over. Eventually his whole family came over. My grandfather brought the barrels with them that they made the homemade wine in. They made homemade wine my whole time growing up. They would have little tiny glasses, though, maybe two inches, three inches, and they would put a little wine and even tell the little kids to have some, okay? So, I mean, it's, it was just very different. It's very, very different. Very different. So I, I think that drugs should be legalized. Because some people won't want them anymore. They won't glamorize That's right. it. Like, it won't be like a thing That's anymore. Right. So, you know? there you go. And they won't be so cheap. They'll be more expensive. It'll yeah. stop the kids from doing it. Do we have yep, time one, more for question. one more question? Yep. Or? Okay. One more question. So, okay, I would like to know this. Um, does uh, sex have the same effect after drug use? Okay, elaborate a little bit more on what you mean. So, I know you can't answer from a male perspective, but from a uh, female's perspective. Okay. Um, the sensations and how it felt before. Is it? Is it? Are you more desensitized to touch? Does it, does it 
have the same effect on your body as it once did before the drug use? Well, I just went through this personally with someone. Um, the, the, the person becomes completely shut down after that and is unable to kind of perform because okay. they're so used to um, doing it when they're high or, or oh, using wow. that then they're, you know, they have to be, they have to be intimate, right? And their self-esteem takes over and they become insecure and then wow. they're completely just like shut down and unable to perform. So then they need to heal those parts of them that they shut down with the, with the substance in order to open themselves up again. So they actually, um, you know, most of them kind of sh shut down after. That is so interesting. I, I appreciate all the knowledge. Thank you. Their self-esteem comes up because think about it. They need to use a substance right. in order to perform. Now right. they're like, just like, oh my God, like, how do I be intimate? Like how, they have to get close. Is it basically like their inhibitions are, are lower? So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just their libido, to, right. they're shut down after they use, mm-hmm. So, you know what I think, ladies? I think we need a part two of this show. Yes. I think we need a part two, and we're going to plan this, because you have so many amazing questions, and we only were able to talk about a few of them. We're going to do part two of this show, and what we're going to do is have you call immediately, um, and then the whole entire show will be about these questions and answers, because people out there listening, um, Tiana, really are being helped by these questions. Yeah, right? Don't you agree? I, that's my intention. Okay, so everybody out there, we're coming to the close of the show. So um, before I give all my thanks, I want my two guests, we'll start with Antonia, to tell everyone again who they are, how they can reach out to you, your foundation, why it's important. Start there. So I'm Antonia again, the founder of the Antonia Maria Foundation. It's to bring spiritual awareness to women that are suffering from addiction and trauma. Um, I have a woman's recovery home, Gracie's house. You can reach out to me by emailing me, Antonia Maria Foundation at gmail.com. You could find me on Facebook, Antonia Montalvo, M O N T A L V O. We're also having an event September 29th to bring in all the different avenues of recovery. So, um, and ending it with a candlelight vigil in honor of all the souls and lives that have passed on or people that are still suffering. Um, it's also in honor of my cousin who passed away, my first cousin, March 13th, to this um, disease. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you guys could even call me, 732-823-8350. My phone is always near me. I am always open and willing to take anyone's call and help and do whatever I can possible. So I will be at this event. I will be doing some speaking as well. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have tables. We'll yeah. we have oh, stuff. So there's tables. Um, yep. You guys can get a table or you yep. can sponsor. You could just donate. Um, you know, all donations are greatly appreciated. It takes a lot to run a foundation and a home, and it takes a lot to create these events. Um, and we don't get funding from the state. So any donations would be really great. Even if it's $5, a dollar even helps. Um, so you can do that by going to www.antoniamariafoundation.org and then just click on Donate. Um, it's $15 suggested donation to enter the event. Um, so all, all is appreciated vendors, sponsors, donations. I would really, really appreciate it. Okay. Beautiful. So, so Tiana, tell everyone again who you are and your hopes and dreams. Okay. So I am Tiana and, um, my hope and dream is actually to own my own homeless organization, but uh, I guess we'll, I'll talk about that, um, yep. you know, on another show, Thursday. but I am currently, um, 
working on a documentary for addiction. So if you would like to tell your story, that's what I'm looking for, people who want to tell their story. Um, you can reach out to me at uh, bwtspeaks, S-P-E-A-K-S, at gmail.com. Um, you could also find me on Facebook at facebook.com, Spoken Change. You can also find me um, on Instagram, um, uh, Spoken Change as well. Um, if you'd like to tell your story, um, I'll be looking forward to hearing from you, but I'd like to say one thing to everyone out there, whether you suffer from addiction or not. I think one of the things that um, a lot of us have issues with is um, needing validation for certain things. And I know a lot of people who have addiction have a lot of hurt and pain because of whatever have, has happened to you. Um, and I'm not saying this applies to every single person, but this message is for the people that it does apply to. Um, that person has not apologized to you um, or, um, you know, you feel like you need that apology. So I'm here to say this. What someone, when they don't apologize to you, they don't validate your truth. You know what you went through. You know what your experience is. So you don't need them to apologize to you to validate that. Stand Absolutely. strong in your position and know mm -hmm. that what happened is real to you. Okay. And no matter what anyone else says around you, it is true to you, and that is all that matters. Yep. Thank you. And Beautiful. forgiveness is never about another Beautiful. person. It's about ourselves. So right. everybody out there, I want to thank my two guests, um, amazing, amazing women. Um, again, here's my book, guys. I'm not an addict. I'm just an ass. I'm asking everyone out there to please make a purchase. It's $10. That's it. Go on Amazon, okay, because the Antonio Foundation is one of them that I'm going to be donating some of the money to. So I have a few things for organizations. CARE is one of them as well that I'm going to be distributing all the funds evenly, okay? So please, if, if you can, make a purchase, which is a donation, okay? Beautiful. Um, I also have... Two other radio shows. Um, one is on HamiltonRadio.net every Tuesday night at 5 p.m. You can catch me live on Facebook there. I'm also on YouTube, and we're also on the Internet. Um, I'm also on Beverly Nation, Talk Shoe Radio. That's every other Monday night at 10 p.m. Um, my information about how you can listen to that show is on Facebook, and you can catch me next Monday night. Right here, right now, PANJ Radio, Rob Bell, I want to thank you so much for this amazing opportunity of having a show with you. I am on PANJ Radio, everybody, um, the first Wednesday of every month, 3 p.m., okay? And on that note, I want to say thank you again to my, to my wonderful guests. I want to say thank you to my host, Rob, and I want to say thank you to all my listeners out there. Until next month, everybody. The Jerry Petito Show. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. When you don't know just what to do. Just what to do. What to do. If what you're feeling is really true. It's really true. Is it really true? Just keep your ideas safe and sound. Safe and sound. Safe and sound. That's exactly how change is found. Change is found. Change is found. I'm not an addict. I'm just an addict. Jerry Petito.
just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last.